0: You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson, and Neil Glover. Welcome to the Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart and once again I'm joined by Neil Glover and Jen Robertson. Now before we get into the meat of our conversation today we wanted just to highlight a few things that are going on at Scottish Bible Society that might be of interest. So Jen I was doing Kids Club on Sunday and uh, the resources we've we've been using are not written for a Zoom context and so I was thinking there must be some stuff out there that's, that's being written in the current situation that will help Kids workers, Sunday school teachers, uh, people who are doing anything in an online context, whether that's in Zoom or or other
1: formats. uh, SBS has got some stuff that that people can use for that. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, if you go to our website, scottish.bible, and you go to Bags of Discovery, um, that was used over the summer by many churches across Scotland to have holiday club at home. But alongside that, on the same pages, are three sets of online children's zoom events they just last for half an hour there's five on love there's five on power and there's five on hope so that gives you oh, ten, oh how many is that lots 15 <laughs> uh, zoom sessions to use with children and their families because you know yeah. probably from a safeguarding perspective is really good to bring in the family as well And it's also just a good thing to do and um, lots of simple ideas that you can use online and also if you were meeting in a socially distant context they're already been simplified when you can't share resources or sit as close mm-hmm. together or do certain games. So you could use them in that context as well. So they're really worth a look. You don't have to do the bags of with it. You know, you can you can, they stand alone as well. That's really helpful.
0: I mean, genuinely, I'm gonna go and check that out for Great. the next time <laughs> I'm on stuff. So that's really helpful. So that's that Scottish. Bible. Bags of Discovery and the the three different themes are there and the Zoom resources are there for people to use. Fantastic, thank you for that. Other thing that's uh, available at the moment through SBS is there's a bit of a push this month on Mark's Gospel. So we've got some beautifully designed Gospels of Mark that were printed, I think, originally to be given out and to be distributed and, and uh, passed on to people during the Edinburgh Fringe in real life. Uh, we have these uh, magazine format Gospels uh, now available for people to purchase so you can buy boxes of them at a pound a copy and um, you'll have to pay. Uh, postage and packing on top of that but if you are as an individual interested in taking two of those we'll do a deal where you get two copies of the the gospel postage etc included and that's for four pounds so you get a gospel to keep yourself a gospel to give to somebody else and we're encouraging really that people whilst we can only meet in very limited circumstances uh, people might want to read through the gospel of Mark Um, with a neighbour, with a friend, with somebody who is expressing an interest in that it is a beautiful uh, gift to pop into somebody's door or to pop it into a little um, care package or something Um, but with the encouragement that you then have a copy yourself when you read along so Gospels of Mark available, there will be some other resources uh, coming out soon um, that go along with that and you can also find out about that on that same website so that's www.scottish.bible www.scottish.bible
1: If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. So
0: today we're going to be thinking about the mission of God. We're in the middle of a set of readings, helping us explore, really, right from Gen- well, from Genesis one, isn't it, right through uh, the whole sweep of Scripture, helping us think about how God's mission is uh, worked out amongst His people. Uh, how are we getting on with with picking up on those readings? What what are we? What's jumping out
1: at us? I think what struck me is the the sense that God's mission is part of our everyday life, and it's not limited to an event or something we do and um, it's really about our relationships with each other and the place God puts us and and how we show his love in that context it's a bit of a big summary of lots of different verses but I think that's one of the main things that has struck me as I've read it through we'll come back and we'll pick up on that later on and I know you've got um,
0: some things to say about um... Jackie Pullinger in particular, so we're
2: going to... 76-year-old Jackie Pullinger.
0: Thank you, Neil, Has just looked that up on the internet. We, we, well, read
2: a, we had a debate earlier about was Jackie Pullinger 80? <laughs> things we talk about.
0: Not Neil, what's your, what's your kind of thing coming into today, thinking about the mission of God? Was there anything that surprised you in the readings or jumped out in
2: particular? Yeah, it was kind of similar to Jen, so it was the sense that this was um, all sorts of things. So it really starts with the Matthew 25 reading, mm-hmm. that when... a. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you, you welcomed me in. And this, I mean, it's, this actually verse really spoke to me because I was involved in a situation where we were trying to just look after a physical welfare of some people. And th- there was, in behind in, in that situation, there was a discussion about, you know, where did the gospel sit with all of this? And then I was reminded as I read this verse that this is the gospel. Yeah. And um, it's such a powerful verse, that verse about... I was hungry.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, Jesus is is. The, I'm not just saying I'm a symbol of the, those who are hungry. I was hungry. Yeah. Um, such a powerful verse. Uh,
0: yeah, thing for me. Uh, thanks for asking, everyone. is was that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I you're not meant to we... ask questions
2: you always get upset what do we look like we're asking questions i know that's true that's true and
0: um, yeah so no i felt that it's the bread thing that i'm quite interested in so so it felt to me that when i began the readings we were we were looking at the really broad scope of god's mission and then i was saying to you before we we started recording that suddenly when we hit the Esther verse that for such a time yeah. as this verse that's often pulled out of context isn't it and and sort of made a bit flowery. Actually, it, it, there was a sudden impact of mission. God's mission involves individuals and it involves individuals mm. stepping up to yeah. playing their part with the gifts that God's given them and in the situation that they're placed in. It's a,
2: it's a really and, stark verse, isn't it? It's, um, mm. yeah, It. it I, I, I. we've already talked about the season klaxon that we had uh, earlier whenever the, the word season went off, kind of, uh, went off in my head. But I also have a, for such a time as this klaxon, because mm-hmm. it all seems a bit precious. Um, yes. And I once heard somebody at a Presbytery meeting, um, it was just an argument at Presbytery, as happens in our denomination, and someone just went, For such a time as this, I get a grip. It's just an argument of Presbytery. But you're actually saying this is about saving people's lives.
0: Yes. So let's just kick off with the idea of what are we talking about when we talk about the mission of God? I, I don't know if anybody has a snappy um, definition or whether we can just bat around a little bit what we're talking about or maybe what we're not talking about
2: i i am i often it's not actually in the verses here um so i think that mission for me is the verses in second corinthians four five second corinthians five where it says god was in christ reconciling the world to god's self and i feel that mission is our playing our part in that and it is not that God made a church and then gave it a mission. God had a mission and so created a church.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's one of these words, it, it can sit heavily on us. And when I, I I don't know what Abdel's preconceptions are, but you say mission. And for someone like me, who was a teenager in the 80s, you know, it's a sense of a big event. Um, certain skilled people uh, do the important work you have to be trained up to do it um it's really quite complex it's going to be a battle now i'm sure there's truth in some of those things that i've described but the problem is we limit mission often in our heads to to that kind of image whereas the joy of reading these passages was that this is who god is god is at work and as neil's mm-hmm. just said you know we're part of that and in some ways back to the esther thing you know it just rewarded a bit you know well i'm here at this time and god's got stuff for Mm -hmm. me to do Mm -hmm. um and and what really struck me in this was that this really makes a difference it's not like oh there's some crazy christians over there in a football stadium as it was often um not and that did have a big impact in my life don't get me wrong but um there's some crazy christians doing something over there that doesn't really affect anything else but this mission that's described in these parts of the bible impacts everything Mm -hmm. it impacts poverty it impacts injustice um it brings blessing into situations. It's real. It's real. It's not It's not a sort of merely a spiritual response, looking for a spiritual response to God. It, it changes everything. It changes individual lives. It changes communities.
2: And I think it's about that being present thing. So that aroma verse, I love the aroma verse, that sense of presence that we are, we are the aroma of Christ. And it's an interesting contrast because it talks about being in a triumphal procession. So I almost... I almost wonder if um, Paul, is, as Paul sometimes does, a subvert militaristic language. So the triumph is this great military parade, but he's actually saying, no, we're the big military parade here. We're just being the aroma of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of um, all different people. So I think of some of the impact I know that you've had, Jane, on young people or some of the stuff that used to happen for me in Belfast uh, in the 90s, that, that group of young people I used to be at, just was around them and I used to always think, what good am I doing?
0: I, I mean, I think, Jen, what you said, for me that just blows out the water, the the, the whole division between social action and evangelism, yeah. which is a huge um, div- point of division, isn't it, within the mm-hmm. contemporary church or in the 20th century church particularly. Um, and, and I was thinking when you were talking just about, about people, the influence of people like Tom Wright, who, who's writing on kingdom I think has has galvanised some of this, but also a book that I've never managed to finish because it's enormous, but Chris Wright on the Mm. mission of God. I'm looking to other people to see if they have.
2: No, no, that's, yeah. Um, Do you know what Chris Wright's called? The OT Wright, he's nicknamed that. (laughs) (laughs) Because he (laughs) writes about the Old Testament. That's good. Um, But yeah, but but it's this passionate embrace of God. And um, the thing I think about often with a mission is um, there was a... a survey done, but I think it was called the Saltley Trust down in Nottingham. They did it on actually it was discipleship. We'll come to discipleship later, but they they worked out I think it was about fifty different forms of discipleship, and um, they they broke them down into four categories. So they said there was right the stuff that everybody does, which is go to church. And uh, they kind of said, you need that and, and uh, read your Bible. That was it. By the way, they said the least effective form of discipleship they came across was stuff on the internet. Uh, yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if that's changed now because of COVID mm. and we've all moved mm. to the internet. But uh, the, the second form of discipleship they talked about was um, people doing individual quiet times and things like that um, and, and private times of prayer. Third form of discipleship they talked was some kind of house group or cell group or huddle or something like that. And then the fourth kind of discipleship, and it was interesting, they, discipl- they called this discipleship, was people doing things like street pastors or evangelism. But what they were recognizing in that was, although we'd say, oh, we're doing that for the people who, for example, or the, the clients at a food bank or something, actually it's recognizing the people who work on it themselves are mm-hmm. some of the biggest beneficiaries mm-hmm. and they are changed by it. So they, they then had these four categories. So Category 1 was the thing that everybody does. Category 2 was the thing you do yourself, at quiet time. Category 3 was the house group. And category 4 was going out and sharing the gospel or street pastors or food bank or or, or something like that. And um, they asked people how it impacted them. And what they discovered was the, the kind of bread and butter foundation you needed was the going to church thing, stroke connecting with people they also said that the stuff that a uh, helps people discern what god wants them to do with their lives primarily happened in the the house sorry the private setting the but also was augmented by going to the house groups as well but the thing that they asked that that was defined by the phrase this is where the magic is mm. That was all the fourth stuff. That was all the stuff going out. And I think all of us would would often say that often it's when, you, when you're when you doing the stuff of going out and often you're terrified of this. I mean, I, I used to do a thing called um, roaming chaplaincy at school where I'd just go around and sit down at people's desks. And, you know, you weren't proselytizing or anything like that, but you're just talking to them and say, how are you doing? I was terrified of it. but every time you would have pretty significant conversations with people it's where the magic is and I would say with all the mission stuff here about reaching out about doing stuff about Matthew 25 and and being part of the feeding of those who are hungry all those sorts of things engaging with the environment that is where the magic is Mm.
0: Mm. for the for the disciple and for yeah Yeah. it's an interesting kind of symbiotic thing going on isn't it because there's there's a there's another dimension of worship in that isn't it it's Uh, it's by by sometimes by participating in these things it is a it's a a, a form of of worshiping
1: with what shall i come before the lord and bow down before the exalted god shall i come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God.
0: Can we drill down a little bit into this idea of, of God as a ascending God do, do we think that our understanding of what mission is has been tainted I suppose by by some of our upbringing and our our
1: previous thinking Jen yeah I'm not sure tainted is the right word I think certainly I was brought up as a young Christian um, or fed lots of books about people who have been sent far away
2: mm-hmm. now
1: that is something God does and I now have a son who's been sent far away and that is totally part of God's mission. God calls. He has a place for us to be. And, um, but those books certainly, like, you No know, Jackie Poolinger Taming the Dragon, uh, the Jim Elliot story, they did for a while say that's what a proper mission missionary is. But uh, that was just my wrong thinking. And I, and I certainly have learned so much from them. And uh, the discovery that, you know, I'm the complete antithesis of that. You know, I've lived in Rutherglen all my life but I know that God called me here. I know that God called mm-hmm. me to Lanarkshire, that God called me to to be with Scottish young people. I have no feeling of inferiority in, in that. And I suppose that needs to be heard because there may be some yes. people who still think, um, you know, to go far away is is to be a mystery. And I'm actually maybe, you know, God, God does do things to encourage us, doesn't he? And so... Uh, him calling Andrew so far away—it just—it just gives us a beautiful blend as a family. You know that God does that, but He also calls to where you were brought up and to the culture that you know very well. So it's having that rounded perspective, which I think maybe is coming out in all, in all the comments we're making about mission from these passages in the Bible. Twenty Twenty readings—that it's not one or the other, and we can learn from both. And I've certainly learned so much from these books. And I recently went back and read some of Jackie Pulajer's interviews, and you know. At, her, at the heart of what she has done in Hong Kong was she she Jesus loved her and she wanted to share that love mm-hmm. and, and in its simplest form, that doesn't matter where you are, mm-hmm. whether you're in, in, in Bridgeton or Bangkok or anywhere mm-hmm. in between
0: yeah I mean, and, and I wonder, Neil, because you mentioned discipleship earlier and I, and I wonder if some of it is uh, in our discipleship we we maybe miss the idea that god God is calling everyone. So, so, so the call is not to a specific set apart hmm. ministry, although it can be, and the call is not to a specific overseas mission, although it can be, but the call is there for each individual believer to to whichever setting God puts them.
2: Yeah, and and in the in the way that that God calls them, that there's that wonderful Micah passage. You know, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And I. When I became a Christian, which was just before I went to university, I was very convinced that maybe what I had to be was this kind of constant evangelist. And um, I remember I was quite forthright about sharing the the gospel with people, trying to get every conversation around to Jesus, seeing every relationship I had as a potential target. And I, I didn't really work too well i mean and i think it was known as bible basher neil or something like that but um i remember i had this awful conversation with someone in fourth year and it, we, everyone's kind of in a kind of nostalgic kind of getting ready to to finish uni and there was a there was a woman there her name was saski i think and she had not i hadn't really seen her since freshers week this is often the way and a uh, she said you tried to convert me in freshers week i was like oh god did i and she's like wow. yeah she said it was awful she said um uh i was going through a hard time where all you do kept trying to do was get religion into it and i thought, oh dear and for yeah. many years after that i had this all oh, this relationship with evangelism which i just stayed away with it because i didn't want to to be putting people off and it was only actually when i became a minister that i kind of rediscovered it again maybe a wee bit when i was a youth worker but there was something maybe about being able to inhabit yourself authentically where where you weren't trying to just see people's targets but at the same time you you did want to be an ambassador to the faith and it it just Mm -hmm. kind of happened naturally
0: I suppose that the pressure of evangelism the pressure to feel Mm. we've got to have the right words I I I think the the I've got a friend Tom Price who works for Arzim Ravi Zacharias Ministries and and Tom always talks about questioning he, he does a lot of work with people and evangelism is actually about about questioning and it's about finding the right questions and it's about listening to people's questions and figuring out what they're really asking mm. so instead of just having that answer pre-prepared and ready to go it's about listening to the heart of what's actually underneath what's yes. going on but you can't you can't do that unless well rarely can you do that without really building relationship with somebody mm. and walking with them and and sharing with them um yeah, which I think for, certainly for me is, a, is a, a real challenge around evangelism that it's not just a hit and run thing yeah, that, and that we've maybe thought about.
1: The, the, just We haven't really talked about that. There's passages in, in here as well of, of it comes to Jesus eventually as we read <laughs> through the verses. And when Jesus stands up in the synagogue in Nazareth and says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he quotes from Isaiah and, and what he is there, what he's come to do, it says, whole purpose is the mission of God. Um, and that involves proclamation and it involves bringing freedom to those who are enslaved and, and, and other other things but there's a sense that for us surely as well mm. this has to be our whole purpose it's not something we put on on certain occasions it's who we are so in every conversation, in every walk with a friend in every meal, that we sit down with and everything we do whatever our jobs are that god's asked us to do whether we're a, a plumber or a doctor or a nurse or a teacher that uh, our purpose is is to proclaim not just with our words but with our whole lives and and that comes back to our relationship with god doesn't it ultimately the being spirit filled and spirit led and that, that's a huge challenge but yeah, it's not like... something we do sometimes
0: Yes, and interestingly, because in, in our resources section, we've, we've already talked about Mark's gospel, and, and I've been reading Mark's gospel through and actually listening to it um, in order to write some resources uh, connected to that. And, and that's one of the things that I've been really struck by is the holistic nature of of Jesus' ministry in, in the gospel of Mark. So, so there is... Clearly, there's there's proclamation happening all the time, but there's healing, there's the raising of the dead, yeah. there's the, the calming of the storm, there's the spending time with the disciples, there's the solitude withdrawal as mm. well. So it is it is that mm. that whole um, living out of a life that yes. that is is spirit led, spirit filled, um, which we we see in. In Jesus' um, example, yeah, uh, can we can we move on to talk about that? That the idea of the aroma of Christ. Yeah. So I, I had picked up the fact that, uh, that there's mention of the aroma of Christ. There's mention of the walking. So we mentioned the Micah passage um, about walking at the pace that God God um, chooses. Uh, there's talk of fruit when we um, come to the later passages. Th- these are all to me quite slow things mm. or insidious things. Is that deliberate? Do you think?
2: Yeah. But- they, I mean, I think evangelism happens in two ways. It happens over relationships, but but often I think as well it happens in moments where there is that moment of of decision, which you know Paul talks about um, when when he comes and simply proclaims uh, Christ, or um, even that moment where the the sheep um, encounters mm. encounters Jesus. There is actually yeah. a moment where that happens. I um. I'm moving to more of a view of evangelism. You know, there's a view of evangelism that we've kind of come close to a wee bit today where it says, you know, we should just gossip the gospel. It should it should come in everyday conversation and so on. And I'm moving against that because I think if you're always, I mean, certainly if somebody asks you about your faith, you, you should do it. But I think if one of your friends knows that at any point you could start talking randomly, I think they just go on the defensive and they're just like, oh no, when's it going to come? You know, constantly on edge. Whereas I think one of the great geniuses of things like an alpha course or any kind of these evening courses discovering Christianity is that you say, now, this is the time when we're going to talk about this. And then people come prepared. It almost creates that space where we say, "Now we're going to talk about these things. I'm not going to bother you about this all time. I mean, if it's going to come up, but I think there's something um, certainly jesus does this when he he takes people up in a mountain and he says right Mm. now we're going to talk about these things although it's his disciples are in the synagogue now we're going to talk so i think it's this balance of being present and being the kind of people that engage with others um but also creating these moments where we say can we talk about this thing now or Mm -hmm. can we come Mm -hmm. to this thing next thursday
0: yeah because otherwise there's danger that people think you know you're just a nice person or yeah like yeah vegetarian or something <laughs> actually here's the reason for all that but it, but it, but again go back to my reading through the gospel of mark which i appreciate is not referring to the passage <laughs>
2: welcome vegetarian. we're going to talk about the outspoken bible and some now some other things we haven't read i've already done it already
0: but it is the thing that god that, that jesus is provocative with people yeah. so he, yeah. do you know yes he feeds the five thousand. yes he heals um you know the woman who who reaches out and touches the cloak but but there, there's a provocation about how he speaks and a and I suppose a saltiness isn't it um that that pokes in at, at where people are there's a
1: discernment there's a spiritual discernment going on isn't there yeah. uh, and I, I think mo- and most people's stories of how they came to follow Jesus would describe what you've described Neil that it it wasn't one or the other you know mm. that there was relationships of people that created conversations or challenged them and then there was a moment, a space, an event uh, where that things were cl- clarified and conversations to be had. And There's a wee book, which I'm, I hadn't thought about before we started chatting, but it's called Seven Sacred Spaces by George Lings, who recently retired from a church army. Um, and it looks at the monastic tradition and the seven spaces that would have been in a monastery. And I think it kind of touches on what we're talking about. That You know, there was the the monks cell where they were alone with god there was a cloister where there was unexpected meetings and conversations uh, there was a refectory for eating together and then there was the scriptorium the place where they would stop and study and read and it's like i i i read it a, a couple of years ago it's been just come out bible using fellowship have republished it but i think that conveys this um holistic nature that we're talking about of what mission is that um, it happens in all these places, and we can't do without any of them. Really, mm. we, we need them all.
2: It's that rhythm. It's that provocation. I think one of the things we're coming to with mission is it's, it. It's everything, isn't it? It's all yeah. the different things. This is such Perfect. a breadth of passage. It's, it's not social justice or evangelism or environment. It's yeah. it's yeah. everything. Yeah. It's not yeah. stadium gigs or going ahead, going yeah. abroad to be a missionary or yeah. Yeah. just talking to people privately. It's everything.
0: Yes, yes, and, and I wanted to come back on that, Neil, because I think what we've done is we've kind of ended up going down yeah. a track of talking about evangelism here. Yes, and, and what we've not done is we've not touched on what We're you awesome. mentioned at the beginning, which is that yeah. broader sense of environmental change, societal change, justice, the, the whole transformation of, of the earth mm-hmm. um, that is part of the mission of God too.
2: Yeah, and it's being, you know, churches, there was a thing that happened in our church, this is before I came, where they were having a conference on what what they should do uh, to, going ahead into the future. And it was being led by Martin Fair, who's the current moderator and you interviewed for uh, Outspoken Conversations. And Martin at lunchtime went out onto the street outside the church and just asked people who were going past, what did they think about the church? Now, this is a small town and mm-hmm. quite a close-knit community. But what was remarkable was that, Nobody knew anything about it. They're just I don't have a clue what goes on in here. It was really striking.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and that that moment, which happened about fifteen years ago, was a real wake-up call in the life of our church. And out of that has come a Christians against poverty initiative. Uh, out of which now meets with with people all over much wider area out of it came a new energy into our youth work uh, which now has a number of youth workers working in the school lots doing things like employment training uh, job skills and um, just one-to-one meetings with people going through different things um, it's it's this holistic sense of engagement that that has come out of that and as i say all of this happened before i came it's it was other people but it was responding to this idea that the church had to have a holistic mission there's um the writer ralph winter um talks about the image of the the queen mary you know the queen mary the the liner that used to um carry a luxury liner which um at one point i think was probably the fastest in crossing the atlantic um because it used to be this big thing where liners used to It was this massive prestige thing to see who could build the biggest liner and break the blue ribbon. Well, the Queen Mary was this really fast ship. But of course, during the Second World War, it was uh, transferred into a troop ship. And it went from having uh, a a complement of 3,000 people to a complement of 13,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, after it was decommissioned, it was turned into a museum in uh, Long Island in the United States. But what they did was in the dining room they split it in half and one half of the dining room was this as it had been when it was a luxury liner you know these beautiful seats and and chandeliers and tables and so on and one half of the liner was or this dining room split in the middle was exactly as it had been when it was a troop ship so bare tables and and uh, bare benches and Ralph Winter the writer says what's your image of the church going to be Mm. Is it going to be the thing on the right where it's nice and comfortable and only a few people can be part of it? Or is it this other side of the ship where it's built to purpose and you have far more people involved, you're far less sense of being comfortable, but you're also far clearer about what your mission is. Yeah. Yeah. Because this half of the pit, the of the ship, that looked after people for a few years. And um, this part of the ship, Won the Second World War, Mm. which or played its part in it. So, what is the church going to be? Is it going to be this nice, comfortable place that you can settle in, or is it going to be this place which is focused on doing a job, which is wide-ranging and diverse, but reaching Mm. out and engaging in God's mission? The
0: prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? I'll cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look an injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralysed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. So, let's just round off with with what what are you going to take away from these readings that you've read this time so jen have you have you got something in particular
1: i just want to say it earlier but the whole purpose of life being god's mission um it's not a small task but seeing every every opportunity as a chance to be the person god wants me to be in the situation i'm in and i think particularly in the context we find ourselves with covid that is so relevant because we we can't do things the way we used to do them. So there's a brilliant opportunities to be thinking about what the walk we take with someone or the, the doorbell we ring just to have that chat and, and also the time of, of creating those spaces. What are those spaces going to look like when we bring people together to intentionally talk about God and Jesus and who he is and what life's all about.
0: That's great. That's great. Neil, what about you? What's your takeaway?
2: I'm inspired that that once again, we just, we're required just to do it um and not in that not in that way that's forced um that, that both of you and because and I've, I've seen you are people who are naturally in places and it's to but it's to be consciously out there and with people and also to to look for the moments where where you are called to do something uh and when you're called to say something
0: mm. I guess mine, similar to, to what both of you are saying there, I think it's there's an encouragement, I think, for me this time, more than a challenge, um, just about sometimes my frustration of the slowness of pace. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it's all right to surrender that to God and say, I want to go at your pace and, 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 and hear from you and and. Uh, find that closeness to what your Holy Spirit's doing that, that I, I then walk in in step with with him so yeah lots of things that hopefully have also helped other people as they've engaged with those readings and um, that we've been in next time we are talking about a letter to friends so we're looking at second John and third John so it's another of those narrowed down intense conversations that a bit like we did when we talked about the story of Jonah um, so look forward to hearing your thoughts on that.
2: I haven't been to 2nd and 3rd John in ages.
0: There you go. Doesn't take long to read. Actually, they don't take long to read because they're quite short. Um, but lots of lots of real kind of uh, interesting stuff to, to talk about in that.
2: For the benefit of listeners, eh, Fiona scrunched her fist there as if she was uh, in squeezing an intense... grapes or something. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only this was, was filmed. Thankfully it's not. Well, thank you very much once again to Jen and to Neil. I look forward to speaking to you next time. Meanwhile, don't forget that those resources are available on the scottish.bible website. uh, So do check those out. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next time.